Yep. What if we started? What if we became the only magic podcast with ad libs, like your rap song, like? Bah! Sure. <laughs> sure. Whoa. <laughs> Should I? Be, I'll do this. Do that. way you guys are talking. Yeah, just do it randomly. Try not, whatever. Try not to derail you. Okay. Yep. All right. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Why not? All right. Evan, take it away. <laughs> Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Evan Kunai. It felt very natural. (laughs) Not jarring at all. Yo, what's up? I'm Joan Garcia. Yeah, there he is. And we've got Christopher Ritter. A normal thing. Yes, it's a very normal thing. We're becoming the first Magic the Gathering podcast to do ad-libs. Aw, yeah. DJ Green Lantern. <laughs> DJ Green <laughs> And so if you would like to support the show and support our ad lib sensation, Jordan Garcia, you can find us in the link below. You can find us at most every single podcast platform, and you can find us on YouTube. If you find us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit that bell for more notifications. Today, we are talking about a few things. We're going to open up the table by talking about where you can find the mock stars at your local Washington tournaments, and then we're going to transition seamlessly, mind you, seamlessly, zero seams, into mid-range, like talking about how mid-range has taken over and has become the meta for nearly every single format. Well, and mostly focusing on like CDH. Yeah. Yeah. Seamless. Very seamless. Seamless. Totally seamless. That was nope. actually a, a seamless introduction. Yeah. Speaking about how seamless the whole show was. We're sponsored be. by Seamless now. Whoa. No. Is that a company? It is. It is, yeah. Oh, what do they make? Seems funny enough. Seems, yeah. <laughs> yep. Seems Invisible nice. Invisible seams. <laughs> seems That's nice. actually their tagline. Yep. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> All right. Can't uh, sue us because we're not talking about the real seams. <laughs> seems, seem, seamless if you want to support us. Whatever. Okay. Uh, Jordan and I are going to be appearing. On May 20th at Gabby's Olympic Cards and Comics yep. in, well, it, we would like to say Olympia, Washington. It's uh, it's a different town, but it, you're very close to Olympia, Washington. I'm In my head, it's Olympia, Washington. Yeah, in my head, too. That's what I always Gabby's think. Cards and Comics near Olympia, Washington. Olympic Cards uh, and Comics. Olympic Cards and Comics Which would near Gabby, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Got Which it. makes me think it. if you that type all those Olympia. words into Google, you will get the right answer. One take. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going there. We're playing in a CDH tournament. Uh, you can find Jordan and I there. We'll be playing a couple of our favorite decks. The thing being with this tournament, there are no proxies allowed. And so every- no proxies. Yeah. No proxies at all. All real. All mm-hmm. the time. Nothing and but cardboard. Cash on yeah. the table. I mean, yeah. that's the big thing that like sort of uh, other tournaments are starting to be more or lenient about our proxies in general. And so this is one that's actually incredibly strict. It's kind of so, weird. Like, uh, honestly, they're the only ones at yeah. this point that I know of that are no proxies. Yeah. And it's just because of the culture they've built, I think, you know, like with that whole thing, they have seasons going on. So like all of those like regular players come in, they know it's no proxies, they build their decks so they can compete all season without proxies. And then this tournament that we're going to is like the 
what are they they're calling it like the showdown like the season season two showdown hoedown showdown that is what it is that was exactly how'd you know uh gabby's hoedown showdown it's famous i've been seeing the ads honestly if they're not calling it that they need to stop what they're doing and And you probably heard it because the mock stars are going to be there yeah featuring the mock stars yeah yeah Yeah, it's like a county fair ad (laughs) (laughs) two of the three mock stars though you know much like a county fair you don't usually get like the fullest yep you're getting deep fried oreos as well uh, i think you can come out see the mock stars at gabby's hoedown showdown seamless that's May 20th that Jordan and I will be there. What deck are you bringing so everybody can prepare to hate you out of the game? Uh, you know, I'm still flopping, but I did just spend a little bit of money. I am playing Shalai and Halar. Shalai and Halar. What is that color combination? Uh, it is Naya, of course. Okay. It is one and then a red, green, and white. And it says it's a 3-3 Flying Vigilance Angel Elf that whenever you put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control, Shalai and Halar deals one damage to target opponent. Mm, that's so, like the opposite of Habatra. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It's a... Uh, it, it, he has his window where he likes to mm-hmm. operate, you know? Yeah. It's, it's usually Naya. Yeah, usually an only in Naya. It's not even Except for Hepatra. Yeah, there you go. And but Zerus. It deals with plus one, plus one counters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So uh, it goes infinite very easily with two, okay. two cards that are pretty easy to assemble with just. So it's a two card combo deal. What are the combo? The Red Terror. Mm-hmm. So from Warhammer 40K, whenever you a red source you control deals damage to uh, an opponent. You put a plus one plus one counter yep. on the red terror. All will be one is the other thing going on there. Or? That no, I'm actually not even playing that because it goes infinite. That card with, sucks. It does suck. Get it out of here. It's a bad card. It sucks. Uh, and then the other card is Heliod, uh, uh, Sun Crowned. Uh, hmm. Yeah, because uh, you give Shalai and Alara lifelink. Yep. And then ping, 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 ping. Yep. Hmm. And uh, Jordan, what are you playing? I'm playing more Grixis bullshit, except for I'm playing new Grixis bullshit. New you guys are both you know, on your bullshit. Both Jordan, on the bullshit. Jordan's got this window in which he likes See, to operate. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I give Evan shit and I do the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. I do think it's important to like play what you know, play or play what you're comfortable with, you know, like mm-hmm. especially in like a tournament level setting. Like you want to be able to like know what the tutor's getting you, all that kind of stuff, and usually know like the mana requirements for the combos. Um, I find I've been hopping around a lot with decks lately and it's just, uh, definitely throwing me off a little bit. So I'm trying to like pick one and cement my feet down a little bit. Uh, so, uh, Tavesh Krom, I'm going to be fucking around with a little bit. Okay. Uh, Why that combination? Well, a little sneak preview into our main topic, but we are talking about mid range. Seamless. Seamless. Mid range presented by seamless. Exactly right. Seamless. You should sponsor us. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so it's. It's doing the same Grixis Turbo bullshit, but it gives me, it affords me a lot more mid-range options. It affords me two value engines in the command zone that if I get blown out or if I don't feel like it's the safe time to go for the win, say with Mm -hmm. the Adnons, I have other things to do always. And like, all those things are always getting me new cards, which keeps me giving, giving me things to do. Big picture, big picture, uh, mid-range kind of wants everyone in top deck mode and you want your top deck and options to be better is that kind of yeah pretty much you're you're yeah. you know i'm playing the control or i'm not a control deck but i am playing the interaction suite that mm. grixis comes with so it allows me to stop those early wins off of you know the rock size the Najeel is the quick winners um and try and like go for this what we're talking about this like turn win second kind of meta right mm-hmm. now, right so you know everybody talks about the rock paper scissors like concept of 
uh, stacks, mid range and turbo. And I felt like for a long time, you know, with rock side, just getting better and better and more aggressive, like that was kind of King. And, you know, we've seen over the last, we've talked about plenty of episodes about how stack, how good stacks is, right? The so best. we've just seen that develop and more pieces have been printed recently too. more archetypes, more commanders to support those archetypes, all of that. So I, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And so usually when stacks is on top, usually the good competitor for that, the good contender for that would be mid range. Yeah. Uh, but before we actually dive, take our super deep dive, we are going to another tournament as well. Where oh, we'll okay. be taking the same decks, but fully flexed out because mm-hmm. it's completely proxy friendly. We're going to be going to Laughing Dragon MTG on the 27th. In Issaquah. In yeah. Issaquah, indeed. Laughing Dragon MTG in Issaquah. Shout out. It was really yeah. nice to find these guys because, you know, for a long time we thought Gabby's was the closest. And in fact, these are guys, these guys are much closer and they're running a local CDH league. They're running tournaments. Okay. Um, it's pretty sweet how much uh, how active they are. So uh, for you guys with these two decks that we're talking about that you're bringing to both tournaments, what is the difference between the uh, no proxy version and the proxy version? Good question. Uh, mostly for me, it's just like duels in... Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I already have like a guy's cradle and a Sarah Sanctum. So mm-hmm. a lot of those like expensive pieces I already own. Mm-hmm. Uh Mox Diamond is gonna be a big one for me. I do have to like put in a trade in for that okay. like, soon. Is Mox so Mox Diamond is probably a very necessary piece in that shell, right? Uh yeah, yeah. I no, because you need that fast mana and it's yeah. Yeah, especially for this deck. I think that when you play a three color commander where you're not playing partners, you're not splitting the mana costs like in the colors. Like some people. Two, yeah ridiculous uh, you know it's it's important to have those like rocks that are going to generate one of any color mm. and it's also why i'm playing lotus petal in the deck too is just because like mm-hmm. it helps me get to that shalaya Alar that much quicker yep uh a four cmc commander right right yeah yep. so like it's just a weird spot like it's why Tayom was never like really viable or well it is viable what what's 100 what, what turn do you want to go off uh usually just turn four or five. Oh, that's pretty late yeah, surprisingly yeah yeah, yeah. i want to like lay a foundation and then secure the win like i want it to be like absolute i don't mm-hmm. you know it can be explosive mm-hmm. but with how color restrictive shalai and alara is it's hard to make it explosive got it right where like zakama i could lock down the board it's actually kind of crazy i could go zakama turn two mm-hmm. and then play control the rest of the game but uh this is actually a little bit different in that in the approach so. got it what about you, J Dog? What's the difference between the bling and the uh, not bling? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, because you have the duels, you have. I'm one duel short, so I'll be proxying up, or I guess I won't be proxying up. I will be taking out my proxied uh, ba- tropical Volk Volk Island. Volk Island. They're not expensive, right? Nine hundred bucks is the cheapest you can get, one, right? Something like that. Nice, dude. Oh, cool. Uh, Are you spilled not, coke? Yeah, just pants. sir. All the listeners are home. Oh. Evan just spilled. Hey, just to be clear, I thought you were saying nice about his abs. Honestly, <laughs> his wet abs because yeah. he just spilled listening abs. <laughs> this is distracting. Yeah, I'm trying to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to clarify why we got derailed mm-hmm. for people listening at home. Uh, anyway, seamless. Seamless. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I just got to take out the Valk Island, and I'm pretty sure all I need to buy is a skull clamp. Dope. And, and I that's a, that's have- a cheapy. Yeah, I think I have oh, actually, uh, not so cheap. Not as cheap as we were hoping. Well, yeah, I want that new uh, the secret layer one. Oh, the one with uh, Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Shit we going on. fucked up. We didn't buy them. Twenty five bucks. I mean, that's not so bad because you know, 
Skull Clamp, I'm sure we've got five different eight dollar versions of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely like your five yeah, five to eight dollar That's versions. not too much inflation. Other one is that uh that surge foil from the, the from Warhammer. Yeah, that one's that's even more it's thirty bucks. Oh, that's thirty bucks? Yeah. I got one of those bad boys. Good yeah, shit. It's a good you like that? How does the surge foil look? I still have sick. Yeah. I got a red terror surge what foil. What would you nice. did you actually get the the gears of, uh the other one? The secret layer one? Too? Uh, no, you Metal Gear Solid one. No, but I want it. Yeah, me too. I kind of yeah. want it. The Tezzeret, the Seeker, is expensive too. Like mm-hmm. we is. went to like because sometimes when you like look at the whole set and you realize two cards are the most expensive parts of it, uh, you can get the box like the sealed box for cheaper than what the whole is. But mm-hmm. they're actually charging more for the like the box. Yeah, they want like, what like eighty five ninety. Yeah, eighty five to one hundred. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Uh, cool. But, uh yeah. Anyway, super stoked. Come uh, say hi to us if you see at this us at these tournament tournaments. Uh and we're also on the C S E A E D H Discord oh. for us to uh yeah. jam some games. Yeah, that's a new platform that we found that has an incredibly welcome welcoming community and very social too. They're all like communicating all the time, trying to meet in person. Mm. And uh yeah, we're really excited to be a part of that. Dope. And before we seamlessly transition into our main topic, we also What's up? have a Discord where you can jam, check out uh, new spoilers, talk about deck ideas, run some games. Yeah, we, you're a little hot on the mic. What? You're a little hot on the mic. What do you mean? Just now. You're so sexy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. No, no, got a little pop. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No, it's, what are you apologizing being sexy? Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, we got our, uh, dis- our Discord link in the description below. Uh, you can jump on there. And we've been talking with people about like deck techs, honestly, for like the last okay. few days. So it's been, we've been getting Teching more Teching out these two decks or giving advice to other people? To other people. Just okay. like people putting their deck lists up. And uh, Guy, you are, uh, you're, guy? you're awesome. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to playing with you. This is on our Discord. Yeah. 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 Okay. Discord, yeah. Come in and like. Yeah. No, I'm deeply involved, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just started. We okay. just got it up and going. Uh, it. You were out of town last week. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Um, no, come yeah. talk about some brews. You know, okay, like, for sure. We have like this. I set up everything. So we got spots to run games for spell table. We got yeah. like, you know, the spoiler bot. So we're always talking about the new shit coming out. Dope. Yeah. Come say hi. Come join okay. the Discord. I will. The dope is dope. All right, seamlessly transitioning right now. It's seamless because I said so. Yep. Mid game. Mid game, mid range. Main topic presented by Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Subaru Outback. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess how do we define mid range? That is that is a good definition. You know, you like you can pick out the deck and say like, hey, that's a mid range deck. Like Winota, hey, that's a mid range deck, right? Just some people want to like you know pick by what time it tries to win, right? I guess like what turn are you expecting to win? Like how? I guess for me, it's more the strategy you're developing, right? I I agree. Yeah, I think I think the what turn do you win on? It doesn't necessarily define like those concepts. Yeah, for for me, when I think mid range, I think uh, classic what is now Boomer Jund. You know, oh that 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 forms my (laughs) mental image. Okay, it's actually perfect. So you're talking about. Uh, wait, Boomer Jund. I'm Boomer Jund. That's the uh, you know, the shell of you know the Jund shell changes, right? There's always a Jund deck in modern. Right. Uh, Boomer Jund is kind of the shell that has uh, you know, your Tarmogoyfs, your Liliana oh. the Veil, your yeah. your things and things of that nature. First, you know, there's many different ways you can take it. Sure, yeah, yeah. that's 
Yeah, uh, new terminology for me. Okay. Yeah, dope for sure. Uh, I mean, those decks were rampant. That's why Termogoyf was eighty dollars for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I think when I when I think about mid range, I think about uh, playing off your back foot, right, and progressing your game plan while also being able to answer. It's like for me, mid game is Ip Man, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like in, in, I realized as a magic deck, you know, attack while defending. Mm. So, um, uh, Wing Chun. <laughs> okay. So, bring this down let's, by let's martial arts. Yeah. Got what it. martial art is each architect? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Now, no. control is Jeet Kune Do. <laughs> Whoa. No, no, it wouldn't be. Whoa. What's okay. Turbo? Uh, probably Taekwondo would be control. Turbo would be Jeet Kune Do because you're just mm. fucking going for the throat. No, what's the doing? what's the uh, Aikido? That, that would be control, Aikido, right? Aikido. Yeah. yeah. You're right. That Actually, might be tempo. Tempo might be Aikido. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I'm, I regret starting this because I have no yeah, idea what you guys. None of this makes sense. More. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure your original analogy made sense, but well, it totally it. does. It man is mid range to, to shout out to the one person yep. listening that's yeah. fringe enough to understand everything we just said. <laughs> yeah, sixty seconds. <laughs> no, maybe but, John Gabris <laughs> if he's <laughs> listening. Like shout out John. Let's have him on the show. Value is more important than. Um, gas you know like i guess like the the turbo decks they want to gas out and i guess when i think about mid-range i'm not sitting there with my pants down because i got stopped uh halfway through my combo on turn three you got better one for ones right yeah, yeah they're, like, they're always the one that i see not stopping the game in its tracks right now but they're the one that is in second place clawing at first Right, like there's the Winota deck shutting everything down, and then there's the Thrasio deck resolving a Seedborn Muse passing the turn. Like, yeah, the Winota deck might be like eking out that advantage at first, but the second that Seedborn comes down and that turn cycle happens, and then another one happens, and then another one happens, yeah, like that the the window for winning just starts changing aggressively into the mid-range gamers player yeah card, favor yeah card advantage is huge like uh we know that you can be explosive with like adnaz and like turbo adnaz is still alive and well like i think mm-hmm. that deck will always find a place because you will be able to shoot the gap and you will still be able to win on turn two or, or whatever turn one potentially but like with mid-range you start to like look at like Everyone is going to mulligan based on because you're going to see the commanders. And this is like strictly talking about like, yeah, about CDH. But like you're going to be able to see those commanders and you're going to be able to mulligan aggressively to combat what you know is to be a regular behavior from decks like that. So you see Rog Sai in the command zone. You're probably looking at it like, oh, I know their windows and know they're going to mull- like aggressively mulligan to get off the ground incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Or they're going to mulligan until they get a Mr. Kimura and then bank on the fish feeding them like type deal so you can then like as a mid-range like as a mid-range deck you can mulligan to either put a stacks piece in your hand or to like i mean there is the potential to go just as fast as a turbo deck in mid-range like those pieces still exist in the shell right and you're always like while you're mulliganing you're always considering your position so if you get to go first you know resolving you know a blind obedience authority of the con maybe not authority of the consoles but a blind obedience roommates. kind of effect roommates effect you know Tranith, anything to like stop that and going first that's what you gotta do yeah yeah it just like fast mana um is is something that you're mulliganing for pretty much every single game right you're not gonna like start the game unless you know you're not gonna play a land on turn one without having a dork without having something 
uh, to play. You know, it's like if you played a land and pass, you better, uh, I mean, be holding up interaction. If you're not holding up interaction, you just wasted your turn. You're actually behind. Yeah, significantly. By quite a bit. By a lot. So um, mid-range wants to develop value engines that push them further into the game. Because we're starting to realize that in the meta that winning first isn't your isn't isn't the goal, right? Like mm-hmm. pushing pushing for the W as fast as possible often results in you being stopped because interaction <laughs> is still out there. Yeah, you're you're putting the target on yourself. You're also going for broke, expending all your resources. Yes, uh, mid range uh, really wants to early game just stop you from winning prevent you from winning being being the one having interaction there while also developing a board state and then with by not expending resources going for the win uh when everyone else has exhausted their uh their resources and they're you know just trying to draw into what they need to win you're in the best position because you weren't trying to win until then yeah yeah i think the perspective i would have on like we were talking about like mulliganing and stuff and what you're looking for like the turbo deck in my head is looking for the fast mana into the tutor for the win or Mm -hmm. just the win in hand yep and then maybe one piece of greedy interaction to protect it right because you're going first you're planning to go fast that's where you hold up the days the force of will whatever um but the mid-range deck is more like it's looking for some fast mana, but maybe not the same kind. Recurrable mana, you know, rocks, dorks, first rituals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then usually like a card advantage engine to sit on with some removal or interaction rather. Mm. Because that way you're not using that interaction on the ter- turn two to keep you, you know, like winning. Like the combo that you're presenting, but it's just a easy blowout for the person that just wrecked their hand and then you just ristic study past turn and then all of a sudden that person's completely out of the game for the next three rounds yes and you are just becoming king mm-hmm. yeah uh, ristic studies yeah if you can yeah if you can deflect somebody off their off their like game plan and then put down a ristic study you are gonna be or sitting pretty put in any value yeah. engine any unchecked value engine you, you know. want to be in the position to take the best advantage of that window that's correct. created by the first person blowing their wad correct exactly yeah. and it's just like that's why i circling back to the deck i chose as i want to just fatty value engines in the command zone mm-hmm. because adnaz is five mana tavesh is five mana Krom is five mana all three of those cards draw me cards and will get me closer to winning the game. So it's just now the deck is get to five mana versus like tutor, cast ad nods before turn two. Otherwise, your your opportunity starts closing mm-hmm. very quickly when people yeah. start rever- resolving permanence. Yeah, you still want cards in hand that you can play every turn cycle right. versus having depleting your hand, like just going for it. Right, and there's some really good mid-range these days like... Displacer Kitten, it's really hard to find a home for Displacer Kitten in a greedy, aggressive ad nauseum decks because mm-hmm. it's a four mana slot and you're doing something that's not winning the game on turn two. So that's usually, you know, ill advised. Yeah. But I think it's just extremely powerful. So I'm excited to just put it in the deck and try it out and fuck around with it a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah, greedy decks get very, um, they can be boring to play because they get very narrow. Very narrow. Right? Because yeah. you're exactly. doing, you're trying to do literally just like, two maybe three things yeah and everything is what is the pursuit of that goal yeah and you know we're trying to win here and there's definitely a way to do it but i feel like i just assessed and realized that i don't i don't think that's how i thrive as a player is Mm. trying to just narrow that window it's more like i'm trying to open that window like i want the ability to go off with bergy or to go off with 
dockside flickers with displacer kitten or ad nauseum or my commanders like you know there's so many more options yeah we talk about evan building those rube goldberg machines but you love developing a board state and like just doing crazy stuff i do love that board state, value you know? engines i love spinning some fucking value engines mm-hmm. that's what my rube goldberg machines are just watching them whirl just a different flavor of bullshit yeah, yeah. just greg's first Naya. that's pretty much all it is well yeah you've you've had plenty of experience playing turbo and you know you can speak to it too it's like the Malcolm like Vile Smasher deck you built was like essentially like you were focusing turbo Glinthorn combo. Like yeah. that's what you want. You Maple want to get there combos always. as fast as you can. Right. Yeah. And so you could almost like pick up when it was coming, when it was, you know, if you, someone who had played against that deck enough, like right. I had, like I could, you know, know when to interact, you know, like swift reconfiguration is better against that deck than the card. Yeah. was good against it for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like once, you know, and that comes around to the next like little uh, side, you know, like aside to this, I want to talk about how good Displacer Kitten is and how it is shaking up the game right now to push these like mid, like these mid game engines into viability. Yeah. Because it is almost single handedly doing it. Like, well, I think there's like, well, we also have the new Atraxa and like, you yeah. know, this speaks to like other formats as well. It's just like everybody's playing like mid-range. Like there's mid-range is becoming viable across the board because we're getting better reanimation targets. We're getting these better mid-range engines. Like Displacer can, it's just Underworld the breaches, newest, hottest. You know, even your mid-game engine that's going to win win it for you, right? It's mm-hmm. like the hottest combos in the game are or the hottest win cons in the game are the ones that are happening later in the game they're the ones that are proving to be most effective in getting that dub in like at the end of the, at the end of mm-hmm. the day right yeah so. there's some lines with displacer kid in that outright win the game but more often than not i feel like it's just just egregious amounts of value that you get like playtesting these hands like if i see a dark side that i can cast into a displacer kitten like i'll i'll snap keep that every time there's i'll, there, I'll get there in grixis there's always great shit with etbs yeah you know yeah you'll e- find and there's i don't know at least a dozen different etb effects you can play within that deck probably right yeah spellseeker being one of the greatest for mm-hmm. sure and yeah there's whole lines that you can do with spellseeker there's whole lines you can do with um wishclaw talisman too because you can flicker it before yeah. you pass it yep. on so uh yeah, no, I'm I'm there's a lot of layers to these and I'm starting to just kind of wrap my head around them a little bit, but um the smarter you are and the more practiced you are, like you can do a lot. This card will go very very far. Yeah, I think the big thing with Displacer Kitten right now is that we used to in turbo decks or used to see it a lot is when you had Dockside, which the whole game, the whole game, the whole format of CDH revolves around Dockside. Even Breach, like Breach is fucking busted in one of the best cards, but you still need Dockside, you know? You, you still need it, you know? And so um we used to play snap. We used to play like chain of vapor. We used to play still things. Play. Yeah. Yeah. You still play them because what's it do? It bounces dockside. It recycles dockside over and over. So you can generate more mana, get more card advantage and like inch yourself that much closer to winning the game. So now we have this cute little four mana engine that says, Oh, it does it all. And it's on a single body and I can repeat it over and over and over again. You know, we see it like Thrasios Dargo is like, like Displacer Kitten has a set in there. Anything red blue should be playing the Displacer Kitten dockside like engine because it just wins you the game. Like constantly, like most decks, like unless you're playing Winota or you're playing some ridiculous Naya bullshit like I do are not 
primarily going to be creature based, right? So like really the creature based decks only exist in I mean not only, but primarily exist in red and red uh and white. Like and then you look at other things that start to include green, jet mirrors gray, you know, and like the inclusion of that. But anything that plays red blue, you're playing two creatures that your whole deck is sort of like hoping to f- tunnel towards and I think it's displacer kitten now and it's dockside. Dockside first, displacer second. Yeah, I mean, my deck is literally just tutor for Dockside. That's the whole thing. Yes. I mean, that's what I want to do, too. Because yeah. if I get Dockside uh, Emil, I win the game. That's actually how I feel the deck has changed since switching from Rogside to, to Veshkram. It is tutor for Dockside instead of tutor for Ad Nauseam. Uh, Dockside is way less risky. It's all it's, it's all upside. It's way less risky. It's all upside, 100%. Yeah. yeah, and while people will counter a Dockside, I think they're more worried about countering things that come after Dockside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like the the interaction suite that people run, so much harder to hit a Dockside. Yes. Yep. Um, and then go ahead, counter. I'll get my reanimate. I'll, I'll just go from there, and I will then punish you for burning that counter spell. Evan, you hit on a good point that like one of the great things about mid-range, and this is like any mid-range shell, is that like what you're doing to get towards your win con is so intangible that it's hard to know where you have to stick your finger. Because the smart player against Jordan's deck is going to know that that dock side is the thing that makes it go off. Mm-hmm. So you want that interaction to prevent him from start starting that cycle. Right. You know, or getting that like mana to get to five mana or whatever. Um but, you know, a lot of the time, unless you have that prior knowledge, you're not going to, it's just intangible. You're not going to know what the actual point to stop it is going to be. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, when you look at like other dockside strategies, like even like leaning further into the mid game, like it is easy to, uh, well, it's not easy. Like Jordan said to like interact with dockside on the stack, like it's coming down and you're just going to want to like interact with whatever, unless you have a force of will and you know, that's like getting rid of that dockside is going to be the thing. Like Play that gonna- blue blast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. People I've, are playing it more and more. I've man. seen it more and more. You're right. It's it- breach hits fucking dockside. Those are two good cards. I mean, almost, almost every deck plays red, right? At this point. Uh, yeah. Anything that doesn't really have uh, a great interactive suite with, yeah. you know, force negation or God, I will note on the stack man countering yeah. a jessica's will sometimes jessica's will yeah. kill a crark when they go to cast the sakashima yeah that's so crazy how it's like it actually does seem more and more viable i but, hate it like i hate the thought of having to play it. i barely even like the thought of having to play red blast but i'm actually i'm almost at the of the mind of switching the two like i i feel like blue is just phasing out but red ain't going nowhere you need to stop the breach yeah like not everybody's playing a blue deck like they used to but everybody's playing a fucking red deck everybody so i might actually consider at some point cutting like i lose it on the counter spell war but that's about it yeah winota is something that's pretty hard to get around just that four four butt is like that four butt and like i'm playing in a grixis deck like mine right i'm playing toxic deluge and i'm playing bounce effects for my dock side those are my removal spells yeah and there are actually a lot of decks like that are off not necessarily no they are meta i would say they're meta now jet mirror i would say you can expect to see one at the tournament mm-hmm. right so jet mirror is another one of those like creature based decks that is going to establish itself very early with stack pieces have creature based stacks and get to the mid game through grinding and punching you in the face primarily punching any of anybody playing black to keep the adnos player off of card advantage but it's another deck that sort of just like when nuke pena came out just 
exploded onto the scene and you're like, wow, you can have secondary Winota commander and still have great viability here. I feel like I've seen people kind of phase it out a little bit. The jet mirror or no. Winota, uh, the second secondary wet wind or uh, commander Winota. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen just like some bigger stacks where people are, I don't know. It speaks to like the like the slow, the stacks almost not even the mid range, the late late gamers, you know. Yeah. The win conless. Yeah, bulk. It, that's what it is. It's it's mid. Uh, is that mid game or is that just late game win conless stacks? I I think that's the third party. I think that's the stack stack. Okay. You know? I think that's the difference. You know, you're you're. Jetmir, I would not call it like a, a mid range engine by any means. He's a he's a great card and he helps these decks win games. But there are stack stacks that are actively trying to stop those value engines to get to the late game. Um, and I think that's what the mid-range Thrasios decks are trying to feed off of right now. Right. Yeah. And that's that's good to actually lay down a good, like, actually draw the line. Like, where it's like, that is the late game stacks. We're actually talking about, a, like, different strategy. Yeah, mid range needs to be able to break through rule of law, law effects, or yeah. you know, be less affected by those to win in the because you know, aggro is trying to win first, mid range is trying to win second, stacks is trying to win last, mm-hmm. you know, essentially. Yep. So you know, you have to survive through that aggro phase. You also need to win before stacks. You know, creates a board state that you can't get through. Right, exactly, you know? and that's where like when you're in the mid range player and you realize that like the the other blue player that's the turbo deck is now completely nerfed out of the game right now. That's when you have to like devour the value engine and also make sure that you're controlling the board. Cause read you are... who's the beat down. Exactly. Always formative article. Read it. It's part of the canon. It, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. You should definitely read that. Yeah. What's it called? One more time. Who's the beat down. Okay. Yeah. You well, read it, right? You're familiar. No, really give a little uh, review of what it is. Is it, is it, uh, who wrote it? It's it's one of the famous ones, right? Top of my head. Yeah, I don't, I don't, talking and I don't want to uh, attribute it to the wrong person, but basically, uh, it lays out uh, knowing when when you're supposed to win, like you know, and that dictates your strategy. Like you know, what phase of the game are we in? What is your relative position to the other opponents? Because you're not always going to be trying to win the game. Sometimes you're trying right. to control. Sometimes you're trying to survive. You know, some you know, sometimes you're doing this this. When are you the beat down? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an article that identifies the scenario and creates a framework that you can apply to any deck you're playing. And it's just about like being aware of the relative conditions of the game. This sounds like it's going to make me a better player. It yeah. will. It absolutely. It absolutely will. It's the number one article I think that will make anyone playing the game a better player. Yeah, it's something I am trying to think about now when I'm in mulliganing mode in CDH, because I think that is just something I still really undervalue is like how much that leads to success in the game. Um, and it's just assessing table assessment. I like, I'm yeah. so, I'm always so caught up with, can my hand get me there? Can my hand do the thing that like, I don't always look at the other three people. What turn order are we in? I like, where is the turbo deck in that turn order? Where's the stacks deck in that turn order? You know, that is really where I'm trying to get myself to is analyzing that before I even draw my first hand. Yeah. I have leaned on my natural instincts for too long to not know about this, this article. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that there's another article, I think by Sam Black, uh, went oh. to thought sees that oh. I think is a good general, uh, thing that, you know, talks about relation you know 
what you are in relation to other players at the table and like right. w- w- a good card is context right mm-hmm. when to play that card mm-hmm. you know yeah and that is honestly when to play that card that is what i'm trying to figure out on my magic journey is mm-hmm. when to play that card properly i also i want to shout right. out mike flores mike flores who's yep. the beatdown is who's the beatdown january 1st 1999 yeah this article it goes Whoa. way back still on star, star city games go check it out yeah yeah, we'll put the. I'll try to find that link and uh, put it in the description below, so that any of you listeners there can find it and yeah. become better players. Yeah. While we're talking about it, there's a third article, and again, I messed up. I don't know the author of it. Um, it's about mana bases. What's it called? Just uh, I don't know what that one's called. There's, but it is the one uh that everyone talks about when building mana bases, and it just really lays out the math of it. Um, those three articles, uh, if you know it, I, I hopefully Jordan finds it, but if not, somebody please mention in the comments and if there's other, uh, canonical, uh, works you consider in magic strategy, please, uh, mention those. Yeah, definitely. I leaning back into mid game, I almost feel like I, uh, Oh, you got the article? Yeah, that might be the one this I would looks have to like. like. A, yeah, the Channel Fireball article by Frank Karsten about... Yes, Frank Karsten on mana. Yep. Yeah, how many colored mana sources do you need to consistently cast your spells? It guilds of Ravnica. So it looks like he uh, does do this, but he has full tables breaking down... That's like early 2000s. Color pips and, you know, everything, like uh, card yeah, card size awesome. deck, you know, ratio, like percentage of, like, pulling what you need. So really, like, three great articles to read. Yeah, that's sick. I mean, As someone actively working on their mana bases... Right. Definitely one to check out. 100%. And that's like, as a player and as I've grown, yeah, I really wish I'd known about some of that stuff before. So if you're a new player and you're still listening to this, hey, we're in the same boat. Let's go out and read those articles. I mean, that's why we always say like on this magic journey, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Always becoming better. Yeah, exactly. And like the people we played with just this last week, I just realized how much further along on their careers in CDH they are. Yeah. That like they understand lines and just like that that math of mana and how it contributes to the game like how you could have played or sequenced things differently to put one person one mana off that would have stopped them from going off later in the game yeah you know it's like kind of crazy but uh that that's where we'll get to that's like that's is the journey that's you know we're learning that every step of the way this whole mid game this whole mid-range thing still throws me from time to time for sure because it almost feels like uh, people are coming up with it and developing it uh, right as as we're speaking. Like right now, people are still like developing these new mid-range strategies. Totally, yeah. I mean, like I said, there's more reasons and more payoffs to do it than ever. And some new fresh ones actually scale to EDH and CDH. You know, we're seeing that new attracts to put in numbers in like mm-hmm. some of the CDH tournaments recently just because... It's a four-color good stuff pile that says if you get to six mana? Seven. Seven mana, like, you just refresh your entire fucking hand. You you might get ten cards off it. Right, and if you have Displacer Kitten on the battlefield, just to name a card off the top of my head. Twenty cards. Pretty fucking good. (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, that's like, actually part of Guy's build, like, was his, like, food chain attracts, you know, just, like, being able to, you know, like, we talked about the idea of running Emil in that deck to, like, pay that three mana to flicker attracts to, like, get that value. Like, is it uh, a win more or is it, like, actually valuable since, you know, like, you're not able to play red? I think it's a win more. That's, yeah, that's what we were, like, trying to discuss. So, like, other options and stuff like that. Uh, But... 
there were a few lists that were actually running it for that whole like, hey, we're playing into the mid game. We're just expecting stacks because this is the meta we're in. They're running so, ML for that. Yeah, yeah. So that's just so wild to me. I would never do that. <laughs> and I, I, I saw it and I was just like, I don't know. ML I really blessed. don't know. Yeah, yeah, but okay. to pay three mana to flicker tracks, so I get okay. Well, it yeah, goes infinite with it. with Dockside, but it's just like yeah, I would that. never play it without red. Yeah, right. without that, it doesn't seem like it would be very good. But you because you have Displacer Kitten, like that is so much better. Right, many roads, redundancy. Also, yes. Yeah, redundancy. Yeah, also good. True. Yeah, one really good card and one really bad card in the deck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy to like remember when uh, Emil came out that it was like forty dollar card and everyone wanted to play it because it looped with dockside infinitely and now since it got reprinted in double masters it's a five dollar card five bucks let's go yeah so <laughs> go out and get your meal so if you're looking to make play dockside loops in anything naya at its base reprints do work they do work um i hope we've touched at least a little bit on on i feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg for yeah. range for sure i mean this yeah, is i mean just- it's a whole archetype of decks yeah and it's always like changing always the who's on top in the meta right like you know i feel like not that long ago stacks or before that was turbo and before that it was thrasios mid-range in every fucking deck and here we are people are starting to pick up thrasios more people are starting to pick up more mid-range decks yeah i mean i interested to see these tournaments we go to like what are we coming across i still feel like i'm very confused and i'm I, because i naturally walk that line of stacks and mid-range right like i don't pick one side or the other like all of my decks have a level of stacks to slow the game down but not enough to like really affect me right you know and so but i'm still hoping to go fast enough to generate an engine that's going to allow me to win on turn four turn right. well sounds like you're talking about mid-range mid-range is great going yeah. into an unknown meta because it's it has strategies for both of the other archetypes and yeah, and I, I'll be sure to report back with this, basically what is a n- newfound deck, like we're sort of like everyone's breaking ground. Yeah, with I mean, this is right going to be one of the first f- tournaments to happen since it's come out. Well, yeah. I'm not here next week. You guys should record mini-sodes on each of your decks prior to the tournament on the oh, final version yeah. of the deck. Wow, that's, yeah. that's actually yeah. a good idea. We'll probably be jamming lots of games this week and gearing yeah. up for it. We can Pre-tournament, actually- post-tournament. Boom, content, figured it out. Just solo, one-on-one action. Jordan will pick up the microphone, and he will talk to you like this, and he will say, this is my deck, and it does this thing. And then I will get on the microphone, and I'll say, this is my deck. And we'll this is what it does. Welcome to ASMR Deck Deck. Yeah, that's how we'll do it. Yes, I like that. <laughs> Just listen as I shuffle my cards. And then the other person will be like, whoa. So cool. <laughs> I just learned a lot about ASMR. That was hot. That was ASMR. All right. Uh, That's about it for us here at the Mock Stars podcast. If you guys have any comments or if you want to chime in about your mid-range strategies, be sure to leave the comments down below uh, on YouTube or, uh, you know, find us and reach out to us on Instagram. Talk to us on Discord. Yeah, Discord. Where I'm active. I'm so active on our Discord. Come say hi to Chris on Discord. Yeah, I'm always there. Five stars on Spotify, please, and thank you. Yes. Please be sure, if you're listening on a podcast platform, uh, figure out like it, it's honestly it's harder than it looks look around top top corner bottom right <laughs> corner i don't give a shit it's really hard to rate a podcast uh mm-hmm. i don't it's know it's around there just but, scroll yep find it give us five stars write a letter to steve jobs we're get at it processed. 45 minutes you've had this long to scroll around and find that little five star button go click it make it happen make it so all right <laughs> thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next time peace bye bye bye